Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Nerd Unscripted. This is your host, Tony Laddig. And in this show, I thought it would be fun to talk about disclosure in cinema. We often watch movies of all kinds. We'll watch uh, TV shows. We all have our favorites. And uh, one of the things that I recognized a long time ago is that there is a good chance that there are messages being communicated to us through different shows, uh, through movies, and so on, as a means of disclosure. And what I mean by disclosure is basically sharing something that um, the powers that be, whoever those powers might be, um, want the uh, public to know but can't use traditional channels like mainstream media or things like that to get the information out. So it's done in parody um, or uh, in some other form so that uh, those with ears to hear, if you will, um, can pick up on it. And it's been done for years. It's been proven that it's been done for years. Um, You know, everything from propaganda to, um, you know, all points in between, I guess you could say, um, have been released this way. Uh, Partly because it has uh, media, cinema, television has the attention of the public, not just American public, but all over the world. And of course, uh, you have online video and all of that as well. And one could argue that there is as much disinformation out there as there is information and the challenge or the trick perhaps is in deciphering which is which. And I think that that's probably one of the reasons why uh, television and movies are used as a vehicle. Now, um, some of what I'm going to discuss is probably... You know, you may choose to agree or disagree. I guess that's true with anything we discuss on these shows. Um, But what I would like to challenge you with is not absolute fact, uh, necessarily say this is how it is, period. But just to open up your ideas to consider that there could be something more going on here. Let's say that you had information about, um, well, let's just pick one of my favorite topics, uh, alien beings, okay, alien races, that there is, you know, covert ops going on regarding alien beings and all of that. Now, if you come flat out right and say that in the news, you know, if CNN uh, has some guy on is like, hi, I'm General So-and-so, and I'm part of a secret black ops space program that, you know, nobody is really aware of. But, um, you know, in case you were ever wondering what happened to that couple trillion dollars that went missing in the government, yeah, that's me. You know, and by the way, since it was your money originally, I thought I would share with you today what we're doing with it. Um, we're building underground bases. We're working hand in hand with 26 alien races. We're abducting people so that we can genetically modify them and see what happens. And oh, don't get me started on the zombies, right? So some dude comes out on CNN and says something like that or Fox News or whatever. What's it going to do? It's going to freak people out. It's going to create pandemonium. Um, 
it could undermine religion. I mean, just a lot of different things like that. It's one of the reasons why, uh, in my opinion, they haven't really mentioned what's really out there and what's really here on the planet and inside the planet and all of that because they're concerned of um, at what cost would that disclosure happen. Um, I think it's coming. I think that um, there's a lot of things that we're unaware of that already exist. Technology, um, you know, uh, creatures, uh, other humanoid races, space travel, you know, fill in the blanks. It's kind of like how, um, this is a really good analogy. Uh, I'm a car guy. I don't know crap about repairing them, but I, I'm real good at driving them. <laughs> And I appreciate a good-looking car. And a matter of fact, I'm going to go look at one after the show here. Um, but anyway, do you ever notice how, like, at the big car shows, they have, like, the... Um, they always have those concept cars, right? Um, pretty much every car manufacturer does it. They have these concept cars. And you see them, and it's like, holy crap, that's awesome. I mean, they always look awesome. Did you ever notice that? How the concept cars look awesome. And it was like, I don't care what that bad boy costs. I want to buy it tomorrow. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, there's a commercial that Chris and I have been watching lately. Uh, it's on with some of the shows that we watch from Mazda. And I noticed that they've changed the commercial now. But uh, several weeks ago, the commercial led off with one of their new concepts. And they actually introduced this concept uh, a few years ago at one of the car shows. But it's not available for sale. Now, rumor has it that it may be here in the next year or two. I, who knows? I want it. It's amazing looking. But very often what they'll say is things like, well, the concept re uh, represents a series of technological advancements that we plan to implement into our vehicles over the next several years, right? And it's like, well, why not just cut to the chase and forget all of the next several years technical technological advancements and just give me the damn concept car because that's what I want. But a couple things to factor into it. A, um, it puts a lot more pressure on them as a company to release it all at once that car at once because now there's no buildup. Uh, they have to have time to tool, you know, the different um, dies and everything to manufacture the car. Not to mention the fact the sheer amount of money that they would lose by just boom, cutting to the chase. Here it is, as opposed to slowly rolling it out over several years. Um, people, you know, there's a lot of people that upgrade cars all the time. So they would definitely lose money. No doubt about that. Uh, and so they won't give it to us all at once. Well, disclosure is the same way. Um, the public can't handle disclosure in its full form. And that depends on what, I mean, doesn't really matter what kind of disclosure you're talking about, whether it's aliens are among us, or there's a cure for cancer, or somebody figured out cold fusion, or we have warp drive engines, you know. Um, there's no one that's going to come flat out and say, by the way, this all exists. Actually, that's not entirely true because there's more and more whistleblowers that are coming forward that uh, feel that the public has a right to know. But 
imagine a whistleblower uh, saying this exists versus President Trump or, you know, some other um, head of uh, head of state or head of country. Um, the the impact if you have the president of country or, uh, you know, one of the generals or the head of NSA or CIA or whoever says, yes, this is true versus a whistleblower saying, yes, this is true. There's a difference in there. You know, if uh, WikiLeaks really does a data dump with a bunch of documents, uh, it's real easy to glaze over the, the contents of those documents. Um, especially because of how mainstream media controls what, you know, what gets attention and what doesn't. I mean, for crying out loud, they basically released documents several months ago saying that JFK was taken out by the CIA and that there were multiple shooters. Um, these are government documents that state that. But did you really hear about it in mainstream media? I mean, they're still playing off of the original narrative that there was one guy, Lee Harvey Oswald, you know, whenever there's absolute proof that there were multiple shooters. Uh, but yet, you know, finally it's released. We have disclosure, even though it's been speculated for years. And it just, like, you know, goes by as if nothing happened, you know, standard operating procedure. And so one of the things that, like, the way my brain works is I'm very, very observant. Um, whether it's just, you know, being outside, driving somewhere, or, or watching TV shows or whatever. I pay attention. A lot of people don't because they're too distracted. Um, but I pay attention. And uh, one of the things that I've really noticed, and, and I also, you know, I love a good conspiracy video just like the, the next guy. But one of the things that I've noticed is that... Um, a lot of TV shows, especially, but also movies, um, but TV shows are getting really edgy in the technology they talk about, in um, the abilities that certain characters have, or different things like that. And um, I think my opinion, uh, but the opinion of many others as well, I believe, uh, is that the TV shows and movies and different things like that are being used in a manner to warm us up to different ideas and concepts that will eventually come to light. Um, and so there's multiple times where um, Kristen and I will be watching a show and I'm like, do you see what's going on here? And she's like, what? And I'm like, they're giving us a message. They're saying that this is coming or this already exists or whatever. And she's like, you know, I was kind of thinking that. Um, a really good example is X-Files. Um, I don't know if you're an X-Files fan or not. I've pretty much watched it from the beginning. And of course, you know, they've had two new seasons now um, this year and last year uh, that have come out. And uh, if any show is a disclosure type show, it's definitely the X-Files. And um, especially the themes of this year, um, this year's shows were kind of scary and mind-blowing. I mean, they're talking about, um, you know, global pandemics, um, uh, 
genetically engineered viruses to depopulate the country or the mm -hmm. world. Um, you know, stuff like that was a big theme. Um, you know, Big Brother and how they spy on us using drones and different things like that. Like, we could say, well, that's just television. And they're writing that kind of stuff uh, for the sake of ratings and those kinds of things. And sure, you know, I can agree with that to a certain extent. There's no doubt about it. But it's kind of like... Um, it's kind of like anything, you know, uh, whenever, sorry, my brain's getting a lot of examples at the same time. So whenever I pause, it's not that I don't have anything to say. It's I'm trying to pick what thing to say next. Um, it, it's kind of like whenever you receive a, uh, a vaccination or something, do they, uh, just inject the chemical, you know, that is the, the vaccination, uh, in you with nothing else no it's part of, it is mixed in with a carrier right um, to make it easier to administer um, and so very often like if you have the public's attention anyway and you want to entertain them and you want to get a message out why not just use shows and movies as a container or as a carrier uh, to get that message out right and so that way uh, we become used to it, or in some cases, we become numb to it. Uh, but what fascinates me the most, perhaps, is that most people see it as fantasy, period. Just, it's fantasy. It's not real. Um, because it's easy to maintain plausible deniability, as they say on the X-Files. It's like, oh, well, that's just a TV show. Oh, yeah, you're right. What was I thinking? And then, boom, out of mind. So it's real easy to discredit information that's released this way. But it doesn't mean that it's still uh, not being released. Okay? So um, X-Files is one, of course, that really caught my attention. Um, we've been watching Westworld lately. Um, I love Westworld ever since the original movie. Uh, but we're in the midst of season two. And, of course, it's about... Um, robots, created robots, and uh, they're programmed to be lifelike. And uh, if you haven't watched season two yet and you want to get into it, I won't give you any spoilers, but we'll just say that they are reaching a place of consciousness and they're starting to think for themselves, which a robot thinking for itself is kind of scary. Now, technologically, we're years down the road, theoretically, according to what we're told, from that kind of a robot existing. But yet, um, you know, you follow companies like um, Hanson Robotics and other companies like that, and they're really damn close to creating lifelike robots. And uh, that's just what we see on the surface we don't know what's going on in classified projects or whatever and uh so that's a really good example and i believe that you know shows like that movies like that are being presented to us as a heads up you know this is coming and i i told kristen the other night when we were watching uh westworld i said you know we won't see this in our lifetime i'm pretty sure but my grandkids or their children, 
are going to have to grapple with this. You know, um, I mean, artificial intelligence, you know, uh, Ready Player One, if you saw that movie or read the book, another great example. Um, so there's a lot of different kinds of, of information that can be disclosed through, uh, through media. And a lot of it, in some cases, is a form of whistleblowing, just saying, listen, you don't know what's going on. But here's what's going on. And whenever you have uh, different individuals who are involved in top secret programs who can't take the secrecy anymore and decide to start coming forward, and they say, yeah, I'm surprised at how much the American public or the world's public has actually been told about XYZ, because here was my experience. And uh, it's kind of fascinating with regard to um, the medical field and what can be done as far as regeneration and uh, organ growth, um, cures for cancer, cures for a lot of different medical conditions that exist um, but are suppressed. I mean, think about, uh, ultimately, a lot of it comes down to money. But think about if somebody stepped forward with uh, a cure for any kind of cancer, just to pick that. Any cancer, doesn't matter, boom. You know, simple treatment, 15 minutes, and you're done and you're healed okay even if they charged a million dollars for that treatment or ten million dollars for that treatment and uh and people paid it do you know how much money they would lose by having a cure for cancer billions and billions of dollars a lot of com a lot of hospitals um nonprofits, um the government would all stand to lose billions of dollars by revealing a cure for cancer. So it isn't gonna happen. I personally believe it exists uh, in multiple forms, but it isn't gonna happen, it's being suppressed. Um, same with other things, like, hopefully those of you at least who, that are here in the show aren't naive enough to believe that there isn't anything being done to the human population to control us. You know, they put shit in our water, shit in our food, spray stuff in the air, I mean, chemtrails, you name it, fluoride in our water, what does all that do? It helps keep us stupid and in fear and all of that because enlightened individuals are tough to control. That's just a matter of fact. And so control, power, money is ultimately what a lot of this comes down to. Um, and so we hear stories. We hear stories of you know, medical cures. We hear stories of technology. Uh, again, cold fusion produces electricity with fractions of pennies on a dollar. I mean, it's almost free energy. And uh, there are types of energy out there um, that has been speculated about for years and years. I know my first mentor uh, did some work on that kind of stuff to develop free energy. Uh, based on uh, different technologies. But again, if, uh, if all of our energy all of a sudden was free, you know, and we didn't have to pay for electric, how much money would be lost? And see, they would say, yeah, but think of all the jobs that are going to be lost because now you make energy free and people will lose their jobs and that creates fear, right? So, you know, you see this cycle over and over and over again, but yet... 
you know, we see Star Trek, they aren't lacking for energy. You know, they have their dilithium crystals and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you see their, um, uh, the different devices that they have, um, you know, for rebuilding bones and healing people of scratches and in, uh, injuries and all those kinds of things. You know, we see stuff like that in the movies and we think, wow, wouldn't that be great if we had something like that? Well, what if we do? You know, and it just isn't being released. Because, again, do you want people healthy or do you want them sick? Who makes more money off of which option? Just talking about health, for instance. You know, if the... Um, if the FDA and the uh, food industry and all of them were so damn concerned about our his, our health like they pretend they are, then GMOs would be outlawed. High fructose corn syrup would be outlawed. A lot of other uh, chemical ingredients that are put into our foods would be outlawed. But they're not. If anything, they're increasing. Why? Because... They make us sick, you know. They um, they say, oh well, we're putting fluoride in our in your water so that you know it improves your teeth's ability to protect themselves or whatever. It's bullshit. They did experiments on prison inmates for years, and they found that it actually fluoride in their water actually calmed them down. You know, there's absolute proof of that kind of stuff. Uh, and so whenever you see things like that, you know, what we're told versus what reality is, um, it's time you realize that it's time that we wake up, you know, and that's just uh, health. OK, and I'm not looking at questions right now, but I'm sure many of you have, you know, things that you could share from your own research and things that you've discovered or read or whatever. But then there's other things, like other types of technology. You know, wouldn't it be cool if we had warp drive capability that, like they have on Star Trek so that we could, you know, fly to other solar systems and, you know, what a, you know traversing wormholes and have stargates and all that kind of stuff. I mean, wouldn't that be cool? Um, you know, there's a lot of things like that that can be, you know, that we see as science fiction but does it really exist? You know? Um, I think a lot of it exists. There's, there are enough uh, credible whistleblowers and different ones that are coming forward now saying this stuff has existed for years that it makes you scratch your head. Uh, can everyone still hear me okay? I just got a warning on my end about audio. So I just want to make sure you can hear me. I'm recording regardless, so it won't affect it. Yes, yes, yes. Awesome. Yeah, so, you know, um, I, I noticed that somebody mentioned Jules Verne in books. Exactly. You know, that's an, another uh, great example of how information can get out. So, you know, we see those technologies. Um, and then here's something else. Like, did, did you ever no, notice patterns in... Um, uh, or themes uh, in TV shows or in um, movies or things like that. Like it just seems like there's this amazing number of movies, TV shows, and so on around a specific theme. Like, do you ever wonder why? Um, and I'll give you some examples, some themes that we've been seeing over the last few years. 
zombies. Okay. Lots and lots of zombies from The Walking Dead, you know, to lots of movies like World War Z and so on and so forth. Um, you have that. You have uh, superheroes, you know, people with uh, supernatural or superhuman abilities. Uh, lots and lots of that. And then there's, you know, the different shows that involve travel, travel, uh, space travel to other planets or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, those three themes alone, uh, I haven't seen any actual numbers, but I would say they probably, uh, that and, and perhaps like aliens and monsters. Okay. Uh, really encompass a lot of what's being released in movies on television. As a matter of fact, I was reading an article the other day that Netflix said that a lot of their um, new programming that they're developing is all sci-fi based. You know, um, now are they doing that just because zombies sell or dinosaurs sell or, you know, science fiction sells? Maybe to a certain extent. You know, because we have, you know, our appetites wet and some of the programming is awesome. Um, but you look at the popularity of some of these shows. Why are they so popular? Is it because they're just that well done? Or is it because we're connecting to it in a way that we don't understand? Like, um, a really good example of that is uh, Stranger Things. The, uh, the Netflix show, Stranger Things. So... Uh, or Lost in Space is another one that just came out. But Stranger Things is has been much more popular than Lost in Space. Um, so why was that so popular? You know, why was Stranger Things so popular? I believe because it explores concepts that deep down we hope don't exist, but we suspect may exist. Like how to... Uh, go into this other shadow realm that reflects, you know, this world, except there's a dark side to it, you know, so there's a lot of things like that. Um, switching back over to movies, movies like um, Inception, I don't know if you've seen Inception, um, you know, e exploring um, basically the depths of the mind and what is reality. There's a lot of shows that challenge reality. You know, what real reality is. Uh, the Matrix series is a really good example of that as well, which is one of my favorites, you know, but it challenges us on what reality really is. You know, are we really living this reality or are we part of a big computer simulation? You know, um, there's, it's something for us to think about, but then, you know, going back to um, going back to uh, Westworld, you know, if you've watched that, if you haven't, it's a really good series um, with these robots. It's not a new concept. You know, one of my all-time favorite movies is Blade Runner, and uh, which came out in the <coughs> excuse me, it's like the late seventies, early eighties, somewhere in around there. And um, the thing that was cool about Blade Runner was, and the basic premise of Blade Runner was that you had these uh, replicants, they were called, <clears throat> that were basically robots. They were um, programmable life forms, okay? 
and the one and they they didn't have rights they used them you know to like on mining colonies and different things like that but they look real and the only way that you could figure out whether or not a person was a replicant was through a series of interviews and then you watch their eye movement and stuff like that uh, but they were programmed to die in a set period of time that's how they were created it's no different than uh, what we see in you know Westworld today um, or you know anything like that and then there's like um, all the horror movies and like the zombie movies where you have human beings that are infected with some kind of a bizarre something and they die and then they reanimate um, in this living hell kind of existence that we refer to as zombies, right? We see it in The Walking Dead. We see it in Game of Thrones. Um, we see this thing theme happen over and over and over again you know well tony you're not telling me that zombies really exist do you are you well i mean i've i've watched interviews with folks that claim they are real and i don't mean like in a weird sense i mean like in a genetically modified government program thing to create zombies on purpose uh and i don't know if you know this or not like it's easy for me to say stuff like this but did you know that um forget which branch of the government it is they actually spent taxpayer dollars on creating a uh a zombie apocalypse survival guide or something like that uh, i downloaded it of course um a couple years ago um, but there's a lot of uh things like that 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 are out there you know that people say oh haha ha, you know the government created a zombie apocalypse survival guide that's awesome you know, it, it isn't awesome that they spent our taxpayer dollars to do that. And why would they even do that? Like as a joke? You know, did they do that as a joke or was there something more to it? Um, but again, it makes you think, is there something to this or isn't there? You know, we see um, shows like, there's so many space shows these days about traveling to Mars. Um, you have the movie... Uh, uh, what was it called? Life, which I hated that movie. Um, Interstellar. Um, the list just goes on and on. Of course, Star Wars, you know, uh, Star Trek, all of those kinds of shows. Um, and Star Wars isn't real, by the way. <laughs> I'm not saying that I believe that it really was, you know, a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Um, but I mean, along those lines, just to kind of have some fun from a mental thinking perspective, I like to play mental games, uh, sometimes. And that is, you know, what if, um, Star Wars and the expression of some of the movies that come out like Star Wars, because it's a classic hero's quest type of story. What if that the inspiration for those actually came from a distant genetic memory? You know, I'm not saying that it did, of course. I mean, that would be kind of crazy, but it makes you makes you wonder, you know, to think about something like that, whether there could be something to it or not. Um, but uh, Twin Peaks is another uh, great example of bizarre. You know, uh, one of the other areas that we're often forced to look at 
uh, through TV shows and movies is supernatural. And I don't mean superhuman, you know, I mean, that's superheroes and all that, which is cool enough. But, uh, but like uh, supernatural stuff, like the TV show Supernatural, Twin Peaks, um, you know, a lot of the horror movies that are coming out. What are they trying to tell us? You know, if anything, or are they just out for a good scare? Uh, I refuse to watch movies like that, uh, personally, because like I lived that kind of stuff for a long time. Um, I don't need to go revisit it, but it could let us know, um, that there's something out there beyond just what we understand. And I believe that that's one of the things that I appreciate about movies and programming and all of that the most is the fact that it's a vehicle to communicate a lot of things that, um, can be presented as fiction, but are they? He's like, well, of course it's fiction. Star Trek don't really exist. Star Wars don't really exist. Batman isn't real. You know, neither is Thor or any of those guys. They're not real. Of course it's all fiction. You know, but what if there were small elements in those movies, in those TV shows that were true? Um, there was a, uh, a movie that came out years ago that I absolutely loved. And I don't know if any of you saw it or not. It was called The Last Mimsy. And um, it was kind of a uh, an alien-type movie, uh, probably a, not quite along the lines of E.T., uh, but more like, um, you know, it, it was very much uh, like a child. It, it featured two children. Um, so... It kind of had that same basic element, like maybe, um, uh, what's the other one? Uh, eight, was it eight millimeter where the kids, uh, filmed a spaceship or a, uh, train crash. Um, I think that's what it was called. I don't have these lists of movies in front of me, but there's, there's an, an overarching theme of, uh, different movies that have been released that involve children interacting with aliens or alien technology or something like that in some form or another. It's a real easy delivery method and it gives us these messages that are, um, that make you scratch your head and wonder. Um, uh, but in the last Mimsy, they find this box or something in front. It's been a while since I watched it, but at the very end, um, uh, this box creates this uh, bridge. It's almost like a stargate uh, in a manner of speaking. But what's really cool is that um, they used a lot of um, uh, sacred geometry and stuff in with it, uh, sounds and those kinds of things. And uh, I don't know, whenever I saw the movie, I'm just like, I was thinking there's something to this. There's a message in this movie that we need to think about, you know. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's a good watch. You know, I highly recommend finding it and watching it. But, you know, I mean, uh, you even have shows like, um, uh, what was, uh, I don't know, this is such a huge movie and I can't even think of the name of it right now. Um... 
the uh, oh, it's a Spielberg movie, you know, with um, the big alien ship that came down. They just celebrated the anniversary of it. I can't believe I can't remember it. I love that movie, um, where the uh, Richard Dreyfuss was in it, and, and he made Mountains, Close Encounters. Thank you, Kathleen. Yeah, making this mountain out of mashed potatoes, um, which of course I love. I'd have to eat the mountain ultimately, but but see, like even stuff like that, you know, he felt compelled to make that, you know, that mountain, as, as did many others, and they felt compelled to travel to that mountain. You know, well, what's that all about? You know, and is there any truth of that in what we do today? You know. I mean, is there any truth to it or not? It just, I don't know, to me, I can't help but wonder in looking at some of the the different messages that are coming out. Um, personally, I think that we could have disclosure on everything. Technology, space travel, um, medicine, um, energy, all of that. I think chances are likely, again, personal belief, uh, chances are likely that Everything that actually does really exist today has already been disclosed um, in the form of movies and television. And because we've seen it strictly as entertainment and nothing else, we didn't even get it, you know. And, and I mean, what would we do if, if like a whole group of us said, you know what, they show this technology in this movie that um, is health related or that allows us to teleport you know, let's use that one. So we see teleportation in movies a lot. Um, you know, and then you see things like, or you hear about things like uh, the Philadelphia Experiment and different things like that, where, you know, it seems to hint at teleportation. And um, there's studies that have been written about it. Um, and even the ancients talked about like stargates and teleportation devices. I mean, even like old um, stories of the Ojibwe talk about it, you know, talk about teleportation. Uh, and so we see it in movies, you know, like Star Trek, Beam Me Up and, you know, Beam Me Up Scotty uh, and all that kind of stuff. And we think, man, that would be awesome if that technology existed. But what, would, what if it did? You know, how would we actually get them to reveal it to humanity? You know, if you go to the government and say... You know, I know you guys have it, you know, so you better let us, you know, show us because it would help, you know, humanity and it would make life easier and we could do X, Y, Z. They're like, y'all are crazy, you know, and they're going to come and lock you up. The people in the white jackets are going to come um, because they can very easily maintain plausible deniability. Uh, and... If somebody else says, you know what, I have this great idea for teleportation and they test it and it works. The moment they make it public, they're toast. You know. So to me, that's kind of the sucky part of all of this is that we're learning about things that could very well exist and there's nothing we can do about it. Now, what are things that are potentially being revealed through movies and TV shows that we could do something about. Well, um, one, one idea that comes to mind is, um, 
humanity transforming uh, or increasing their consciousness or awareness or embracing love versus violence and those kinds of things. You know, we're coming to a point where humanity as a whole needs to transcend where they currently are. Like, we need to move past this whole idea of um, what's mine is mine and what's yours is should be mine and, you know, fighting and killing and anger and hatred and all. Like, we need to move past that. If we're ever going to get anywhere as a race of beings, we have to move past such basic uh, forms of expression, you know, and stop killing each other and taking advantage of each other and misleading each other. Like, we have to move past that. And there's movies that talk about enlightenment and the human race evolving to the next level that can't be controlled i mean it can be to a certain extent and you know religion certainly contributes to that and um you know a lot of other things that try to keep us focused on the negative rather than the positive you know false flag events or whatever but um ultimately they can't force us to not choose to be a better person you know, to embrace um, our own consciousness from a perspective of love or gratitude or whatever. Like, the government can't legislate that against us. They can't force you to be, uh, to not be a kind, loving person. They, they can't stop you from being that. And that's one of the things that I really love about you know, all of this, all of these messages. Yeah, there may be technology that we don't have access to. There may be things on the horizon that are scary as hell. Um, there may be a lot of those kinds of things that, you know, with regard to aliens living inside our planet in caves and all of that, there could be an inner earth kind of thing. There really could be bases already on Mars and Jupiter's moons and all of that, and humans have lived there for, you know, years and years, decades. Like, all of that could be real. You know, you look at the movie Stargate, and there's human beings living, you know, from Egypt, living on another planet. Um, yes, it's all science fiction. But yes, it could potentially be true. But we can't do anything about any of that. You know, it's not like we're going to find a Stargate um, somewhere out in the middle of a desert. Uh, it's not like we're going to invent teleportation or warp drive in our garages next week. I'd have already done it if we could. Um, I've had dreams where I've had, you know, I've awakened in the middle of the night with information that didn't originate with me that I'd wake up Kristen and explain, I just dreamed how to make XYZ, you know, uh, and explain it to her. And it just, it felt right and we didn't record it I didn't write it down I didn't even know that I was fully awake um, but in the morning it was gone you know and there's lots of people who have that those kind of experiences perhaps you do but out of all those things whether let's just say it's all true and obviously it isn't but let's say that everything that's being talked about in movies and TV shows is true that there are zombies that could be used against humanity, that uh, that they're, they're actually 
is being genetically engineered global um, diseases that could wipe out 75% of the human race. Let's say that there could be a cure for cancer or that warp drives and space travel and all of that really does exist. Um, that there really are 20 races of alien beings living below our feet right now. Um, let's say that all of that is true. What can we do about it? Not a damn thing. We can't do a damn thing about it other than uh, continuing to pay attention. But as I mentioned earlier, with all of that, there is one thing we can do, and that is stay open to the possibility that there's more going on than meets the eye, that we are more powerful as humans than we've ever been told or given credit to, that we can actually accomplish superhuman things uh, when needed. I mean, there's stories all the time, videos, stories that are real, not fake stuff, but you know, where people have superhuman strength, lifting cars and shit like that. Um, those stories exist. We've all heard them, you know. So where do they come from? Was that a one-time thing? You know, oh, well, it was just a, a adrenaline and dopamine rush, you know, and blah, blah, blah. But we don't understand human genetics. They've, you know, they've sequenced us, but they still don't understand it all. And so as a result, we don't understand our potential. What would happen if instead of being immersed in all the BS of day-to-day, we actually embrace the fact that we were more than what we've been told, you know, and that the secret to those things is love and gratitude and joy and hope and faith and all of those things. You know, what if that really was the secret to um, our ultimate success and evolution, embracing those qualities? Um, what would happen? We would be unstoppable. Ultimately, we would be unstoppable. So for now, whether the the beings exist or not, the aliens exist, whether we have sci-fi technology, whether we have the ability to travel through stargates or heal the sick, uh, regardless of what the disease is, we can still hold out hope that those technologies will come to pass and focus on ourselves becoming better people. Uh, and uh, until we reach that place of evolution uh, or ascension or whatever you want to call it, um, we still keep, we'll still keep receiving those messages, you know, those hints of what life could be like. And uh, I don't know, for me, I think it's pretty dang cool uh, and certainly entertaining, which on the surface is what it's meant for anyway, is for our entertainment. But my challenge for you, and I'm gonna take some comments and questions here. My challenge for you is whenever you're watching future movies or your favorite TV show, whatever it is, look at it through a different lens. Uh, and the lens is um, one that I mentioned last week. I wonder what would happen if and, uh, you know, it may cause you to think a little bit differently. Uh, I am not, contrary perhaps to popular belief, I am not the ultimate conspiracy theorist. Um, 
I believe that much of what we're told in mainstream media is a bunch of shoveled bullshit um, as an attempt to control us. And I think that there's a lot that's being done to humankind to control us. Um, you know, whether it's through our electronic devices, which, you know, as I'm teaching this, uh, Alexa is muted. Not because I'm paranoid, just because I don't want her speaking up in the middle of my teaching. <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of things like that that actually control us. And uh, stuff that's good for us chemically or whatever. Um, even to the point of sounds and frequencies, you know, a lot of those kinds of things, they have a positive or negative effect on us. Um, and so I think we owe it to ourselves, not just as individuals, but as, you know, one of the species that live on this planet, we owe it to ourselves to pay attention and figure out how we can make this a better place. And how we can be better ourselves. Worst case scenario, life doesn't suck as much, right? Um, we're maybe a little more successful in our business than we were in the past. Uh, people like us more because we're more fun to be around. Because instead of being the pessimist and complaining about everything that's wrong with us all the time, we're actually upbeat and positive. I mean, go figure. What would happen if all of humanity embrace that instead of what we currently have. So, um, so that's what I see, uh, movies, um, TV shows. They are messages to us, you know, messages, uh, revealing to us what's to come possibly, um, messages of hope in some cases or, maybe not so much in others. Um, do I believe that there's going to be a zombie apocalypse? Not really. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, do I think that technology is going to be revealed um, that will allow us to travel to the outer reaches of our uh, solar system and all of that? I believe that already exists. Uh, so to me, it's kind of hilarious Whenever I watch, like the other day, I watched the SpaceX launch, uh, which was fascinating. And I remember watching, um, you know, the Saturn V take off when I was a kid, going to the moon and all that. Like, I remember watching all of that stuff. And to me, now, whenever I watch it, I just kind of chuckle because it's like, oh, okay, so they're not showing us the prototype. They're just showing us the intermediate model. You know, it, it's probably hilarious to some of the powers that be. And it's like they have the ability, perhaps we'll just say for the sake of discussion, they have the ability for interstellar travel. And yet here they are launching this rocket using solid uh, liquid oxygen and all of that is fuel or hydrogen, whatever they use, kerosene. And I guess it's like kerosene and liquid oxygen. Um so they're using that as fuel and like, oh yeah, look at that. Ha ha ha. You know, um, <laughs> knowing what, you know, it's like, I'll be back. I got to run to the moon quick, you know? Um, it's like, well, if you're running to the moon, watch out for SpaceX. You don't want to bump into it, you know, <laughs> whatever. But, um, I don't know. I, I look at what's being presented to us. 
with extreme curiosity and hope that uh, maybe, you know, maybe there's a chance that I might get to see some of these things in my lifetime. Who knows? Uh, but anyway, I digress. So let me um, go down through some of the comments and questions. And by the way, you are allowed to think that I'm insane. It's okay. I won't hold it against you. I mean, one of the purposes of Nerd Unscripted is exactly that. Just me sharing a lot of, um, you know, a lot of my own personal thoughts and beliefs and stuff. Uh, Tony says, uh, that's what most of Shakespeare plays were about. Yeah, I mean, this it's not like this is a new concept. Uh, Anne says, I think it was a PBS Motor Week had a collector who got hold of a few concept cars before they were destroyed. They were amazing. I remember some of the concept cars from the 60s that would have sold tons of cars. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, I, I see them and it's like, why aren't you making this car? You would kill it. You know, like I would buy. But... They don't. Then they come out with these stupid looking cars like, oh, oh, look, the uh, the front end fender resembles the concept car. Yay. I'm excited now. <laughs> uh, Steve says Men in Black tri trilogy. Yeah, it's another great example. Um, let's see. William says his technology and availability of information continues to prolifer proliferate keeping a secret will become harder and harder going forward. Far too many people want the 15 seconds of frame of fame or to die, drive their personal agenda forward. Yeah. I mean, I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, I would not want to be the one trying to keep stuff suppressed because in the day and age of technology, um, it's becoming harder and harder. I mean, they can control technology, um, I was reading an article the other day about the NSA and how many calls they log now compared to a year ago. And it's some ridiculous, insane number, you know, so they're constantly listening and there's no way around it. You know, I mean, we like to try to be safe and we think about privacy and all of that. But I mean, here's the reality. Like I'm speaking about these things on a public platform, not exactly hard to be here, right? To join the webinar or whatever. But at the same time, whenever I close the webinar, it's over. Okay. But my Mac has a microphone built into it. It has a camera built into it. I have um, uh, an Amazon Echo Dot sitting on my desk. My cell phone is sitting on my desk. Um, they all have microphones that are listening pretty much 24 seven. Um, the phone has a camera built into it as well, you know, so it's not like we can really hide anymore. I mean, yeah, we could turn it off, you know, whatever say, Oh, well, I'm just going to walk away from technology and, you know, go live off the land out in the middle of nowhere, but they have satellites that can resolve you. You know, I mean, they can see you with satellites. They've got drones uh, all of that. And that doesn't even account for, 
um, consciousness-based technology, which we haven't even talked about today. You know, so there's a lot of things like that. Like, we're never going to escape it. So my my logic, <laughs> it may be incredibly flawed, but my logic is um, if we can't escape it, why not embrace it? You know, to a certain extent anyway. Um, that's why I find it funny, you know, when I talk about genealogy, I'm teaching this class, and people are, are like, well... You know, I don't want to get a DNA test done because I don't want people to know, you know, my DNA and it's very personal and blah, blah, blah. Listen, if they, whoever they is, the government, NSA, whatever, CIA, if they need your DNA, they already have it. Okay. Like every time you go to the doctor to get a blood draw or whatever, uh, do you really think that it wouldn't be that hard i mean they could raid your trash for christ's sake you know so it's not really hard to get people's dna um it's pretty easy so i don't care i mean i've gotten five dna tests done so far <laughs> like i don't care um it's not like they're going to use it against me i mean they could i guess but i'm not stressing about it um, and William also says, Jules Verne's books are a great example of warming us up. Yep, absolutely. Um, iRobot, iRobot, um, Mashima. Yeah, there's tons and tons of them out there. Um, like, most television and most movies have bits and pieces that make you scratch your head. Especially if you're paying attention and you're like, wait a minute, what just happened? Like, what? You know, I mean, it's like, um, you know, like, I, I don't know if you saw the latest of um, Avengers movie, Infinity War. Um, like, there were even elements in that movie that just made you really scratch your head. Like, there, see, there's a lot more going on. You know, we live 50, 60, 80, 100 years and we think we figured it out. Uh, or, you know, we, you know, we have, if we grew up around our parents and our grandparents, and so we have their knowledge combined with our knowledge and our kids' knowledge, we think we figured out. Honestly, and pardon my French, we don't know shit. Out of a couple hundred years, we think we figured it out. When you're talking about a planet that's four and a half billion years old, and a universe that's even much older. You know, we talk about the dinosaurs and we think, oh, 66 million years ago, right? The dinosaurs lived. So how could we possibly comment on what took place when the dinosaurs lived? It, it's not like we were there. I mean, hell, we can't accurately comment on what happened at the time of Jesus. You know, much less when the pyramids were built or... Uh, you know, predating like the Ice Age and all like we weren't around. There's no way we can comment. So for us to even pretend, you know, we hear things like Atlantis uh, or Lemuria or things like that. It's like, well, it's just fantasy, you know, Plato, whatever. Um, but we weren't there. We don't know. You know, we keep finding these weird, unexplainable things. And so I think that that's where the one benefit we have today the, the movies and uh, cinema, TV shows and all of that is just the latest way of that information being communicated to us. 
Like, wake up, people. You know, you can be more than what you are. Um, and like, as others have shared, Jules Verne did it, even Shakespeare, you know, and even predating that. Um, I love reading the works of uh, Plato because, like, his allegory of the cave and some of those writings, I mean, it really makes you scratch your head. And you can see how it still applies to us today. You know, thousands of years later, we're still stuck in the damn cave, afraid that our enemies are up there when it's nothing more than mice running around in front of a fire. We're, we're freaking out over shadows, you know. Um, and so, I don't know. Not that I'm passionate about this at all. Uh, Tony says, a lot of what Bill Gates developed were originally ideas shown on Star Trek, he said. Oh, yeah, Terminator. I forgot about the Terminator stuff, Steve. Absolutely. Uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah, and, and you know, we actually have a lot of technology today that we took for granted. I mean, you think about... Um, you know, the first season of the original Star Trek, and here they are talking on these communicators, you know, they flip up the little thing, and they're, you know, all of that. And now you look at cell phones, right? Our iPhone today has more computing power than all the computers that were room-sized that they used to send uh, the Apollo Space Program to the moon. Like, all the computers that they use to control that entire mission, uh, we have, like, four to six times that much computing power in our iPhones. Which begs the question, why haven't we gone back to the moon? Like, why are we just now getting around to it again? Right? Well, because we have gone back. They just haven't told us. Oh, interesting. I hadn't heard this one. Um, Tony says, uh, it's been said that most cancers have been curable since the 1940s. The chemicals found in non-patentable apricot kernels cure most of them. I hadn't heard about the apricots. That's very interesting. Yeah, several of you observe about GMOs being outlawed in other countries. Yeah, they are. Um, not this one, though. <laughs> not the U.S. Mavis says, a large majority of modern technological inventions were first designed, so to speak, by science fiction writers like Asimov. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, I think the ideas are out there, but the writers find them before scientists, etc. do. Yeah, that brings up a really good point. Um, I, I've always been one to believe that, uh, and I think the first time I actually heard somebody talk about this was uh, Dr. Joe Vitale, but... Um, I've uh, always believed that whenever, like, if an idea once birthed into the earth, that it's revealed to a lot of different people. And that, uh, and you can say, where does the idea come from? Does it come from God? Does it come from aliens? Does it come from genetic memory? You know, is it our subconscious? 
who the hell knows? I, you know, I don't really know it. To me, it doesn't matter. Ultimately, what matters is that the idea comes and whether or not we take action on it, you know? And so I a hundred percent agree with you, Mavis, that, um, writers take action. Why? Because their antenna is up. They're looking for the next thing as opposed to, you know, scientists that are going through the, you know, the method of, of finding proof for everything rather than uh, embracing the esoteric. I mean, probably one of the best, and just take what I'm about to say, a slightly tongue-in-cheek, because I'm not after the literal, I'm after the implied. But I think one of the things that, that one of the best things that could happen to the science industry, any of the sciences, is for our scientists to start taking LSD or something like that, you know, um, just to expand their consciousness enough to pay attention and pick up on stuff that they're patently denying right now, you know, um, uh, and it doesn't have to be LSD. I mean, it could be any, any, uh, mind enhancer like that, but, uh, I wonder what would happen if, <laughs> you know, Um, William says, I disagree that there's a deliberate effort to keep us stupid. We are our own worst enemy. We want the simple solution and we want things dumbed down to the point where we don't have to work hard to stay current and dig deep to understand things. We want to be spoon fed rather than, um, do the work of reading vast amounts of information ourselves. We've become a soundbite scanning and scrolling society. Um, I can agree with that. Uh, matter of fact, Kristen and I had that exact discussion this morning over breakfast. Um, the, I, I guess my, the one question that comes to mind regarding that, cause I do agree with you completely is how did we get to that point? You know, cause we haven't always necessarily been that way. So, you know, how did we become a society of people that universities install crying rooms for their students if they have a hard time studying for an exam? You know, how did we become a society of people where their idea of, of being an entrepreneur is uh, uh, a button that they push without having to take any effort? You know, it's like, one of the things that Chris and I were talking about this morning is how, you know, how often we see um, our own customers, you know, gripe and complain because something is a little bit hard because they don't get, you know, I, I can't work for five minutes and make 10 grand a month. What? You know, like there's a cost that business is real. Like there's a cost of doing business, you know, open up your own painting company, open up your own sewing place. You know, my mom is a seamstress and she was here this morning for breakfast. It's like, you have to have the sewing machines, the sergers, the mannequins, the needle and thread material, all that kind of stuff. They aren't giving that stuff out like for free. It costs money. 
You want to have a painting business, you need paintbrushes, paint, ladders, scaffolding, a truck to carry it all in, you know, whatever the case may be. They aren't giving that stuff away for free. Like every other business costs money and not just like a couple bucks, like tons of money to to start, you know, run a retail store once, by the way. You know, our average startup cost on these stores that we're opening is 75 grand is what it's costing us to open our stores. That That's just to open. That isn't like day-to-day. You know, that, that isn't payroll and, you know, insurance riders and all that kind of stuff. But yet, you present uh, a business opportunity to people online and say that it's going to cost them $200 a month and they freak the hell out. You know, or they can't figure it out in five minutes and they want a damn refund. Like, come on, people. Like you said, William, start paying attention, you know. Stop being spoon-fed by everything. Business is business. You know, we're not trying to create unicorn turds and sprinkles. That isn't how life works. So... From that perspective, I agree 100%. There is no easy button. It doesn't exist. You know, uh, I've been at this for 12 years, and that's why I have the success that I have. I constantly research. Constantly. Every day. I'm reading. I'm experimenting. I'm testing. I'm searching. I'm looking for new things. I'm constantly out there trying. Kristen does the same thing. We're constantly after it. That's why we have success. It isn't because we're gifted. It isn't because we had a silver spoon in our mouths. It isn't because we figured out some kind of magical ninja uh, anything, you know, that we can conjure up miracles. It's none of that. We're working our asses off. That's why we're successful. And so, you know, uh, whenever we present things, sorry for the soapbox, but whenever we present things like, the course that we presented last week, you know, making skills for Alexa. It's not marketing BS that that's the next big thing. I think we've established that AI is here to stay. And if anything, it's going to grow. It's ground level right now. It's going to get easier and easier to make those skills. And uh, and Alexa isn't the only pony in town. You know, there's Siri, there's Cortana, there's Google Assistant. And Lord knows how many others are in the wings. You know, it's like, see the opportunity, but making an opportunity viable requires work. It requires effort. It requires money. You know, I don't have any money. Then stop saying that and get your ass to work. I mean, that's just kind of how I feel. Not that I'm passionate about it or anything. (laughs) But I, so I agree with you, William, a hundred percent. But by the same token, um, Governments have to control people. They have to. There would be anarchy otherwise. And um, and so, as a result, uh, I, I would safely, safely say that there has to be efforts underway to keep us uh, in line. You know, whatever those ways are, whether it's through chemtrails or stuffing our food or water or whatever, um, we have to be kept in line. Because the worst thing that would happen, you know, it isn't like 
uh, like here in the U.S., I'm, I'm not sure what our population is now, 300 million or so, maybe slightly more than that. So it's not like you would need a majority of the 350 uh, to revolt. Uh, it, the number is much, much smaller than that to hit the tipping point. You know, it's much smaller. Uh, and that's what they're afraid of. It isn't like trying to sway half of the country. You don't need to sway half the country. You only need to sway like 2% or 1% or something like that. It's a ridiculously low number. Uh, and so they have to prevent that somehow, you know. Um, Nola says, uh, when I see what man, if they are man, has invented, but also the horrors of war, Rothschilds, Federal Reserve involving central banking, supposedly all the three countries in the world experiments on humans with various technologies and drugs, guinea pig volunteers who sign legal contracts, uh, clinical trials by man or alien or other species, um, uh, Thalidomide uh, still exists after creating horrific modifications to fetuses, but they still use it. Um, various diseases and experiments for neurological stuff. Uh, yeah, right? It's all there. Yeah, and um, William brings up another good point. Too. And I 100% agree with it, but I think that there's two sides to most coins. Uh, he says, uh, these shows are popular because people can be entertained and they don't have to face the reality that their life sucks. Um, it's easier to blame others for your plight than to admit you're responsible for your own plight. Victimhood is very much alive and well. I absolutely agree with that, 100%. But I, the point that I was trying to make uh, is the other side of the coin. And the other side of the coin is this. Uh, instead of using the shows as an escape, which I fully agree with, um, recognize that there's much more to it there. And then by us choosing to change ourselves, the one thing that we can control is ourselves. We can make our own choices, um, which is taking responsibility, right? What you just mentioned. When we take responsibility for our own actions and choose to embrace love and action and gratitude and those kinds of things, nobody can stop us. I mean, they could kill us, I guess, but like they can't stop us. So I, I absolutely agree with that point of view. That's one side of the coin that uh, we're uh, escape artists. You know, we're looking to face the reality that our life sucks. I agree, 100%. And the flip side of that is we can see what's coming and what's possible and use that as a uh, catalyst to get us to take action and responsibility for ourselves. It's a good discussion, by the way. Um, Irene says, I believe some ingredients in vaccines can cause certain health problems, things we've never seen back in the 50s. Oh, yeah. I mean, can you say ADHD? Can you say um, uh, some of the other 
things that are common um, in our children that we've never seen before. I mean, it was like one in a million um, back 50, 100 years ago would have a certain kind of disease, and now it's an epidemic almost, you know? Uh, Lourdes says, I've always found the movie Defending Your Life to be very compelling. I don't think I've seen that one. I'll have to check that one out. Mary says, I love The Last Mimsy. Yeah, I just showed it to Kristen a few months ago. She hadn't seen it. I mean, she grew up as a PK. So they didn't have a television or anything like that in her house. So the last three years that we've been together, I've been indoctrinating her in pop culture <laughs> through movies. William says, the hook is to make movies or books, etc. Have that one element of believability. Just imagine. Yeah, good point. Um, and Irene says, I wrote a TV pilot based on some true but unbelievable experiences. Uh, names were changed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, Liz, I've actually explored some of what you're talking about. She asked me not to read her comment out loud, but yeah as i said i read and research a lot <laughs> and that was definitely something that i've been paying attention to yeah mark says transparent aluminum first on star trek now reality yeah i always loved that i mean i thought that particular movie was a little hokey you know the whole save the whales thing but i mean i get it it's cool and important but the transparent aluminum thing i always thought was super badass and so i you know i remember thinking this is going to happen like i don't know when but it is going to happen mavis says uh, uh teleportation certain types of certain types seem to be natural rather than a future technological advance either innate or certain people or certain earth sites. Oh yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, like I see it as a more practical kind of thing, not to make it, you know, super fast to go from here to Paris. Although that would be kind of cool. Um, but more like, imagine this, you're driving down the road, you've been driving all day, your kids are really hungry, no restaurant in sight, and you can say, Alexa, make me a pepperoni pizza. And 15 seconds later, a pepperoni pizza materializes in this device on the dash of your car. Take it out. It's nice and hot. Smells awesome. Give some to your kids. Done. <laughs> and then your credit card is automatically billed for $9.99 from Pizza Hut, you know, or whatever. I mean, I, I think that'd be kind of cool, but anyway, uh, 
Steve says Antarctica, no fly zone over a big opening. Um, yeah, I actually do my fair share of reading regarding Antarctica on pretty much a weekly basis. Like that's something that I track. Uh, Mavis says, since humanity is creating such a disaster with our own planet, the idea of humans going out to populate the stars is really the idea of us messing up some other place. Uh, certain writers have given the aliens view of us as an infestation. Yeah, I mean, they even mentioned that in The Matrix whenever Agent Smith was talking to, um, oh, not to Neo. Uh, I forget the character. Sorry, my brain is kind of fried um but he mentioned about how the human race is um a lot like another species that's on the planet and that's a virus and uh how you know a virus will spread and consume all the resources in a specific area and then move to the next um area and i thought you know i'm part of the human race but that's kind of true unfortunately you know we really are like that and i'm not sure why but you know it is what it is yeah wow you guys have really shared a lot of input and i appreciate that um but we need to wrap things up all good things must come to an end so I'm going to uh, close off with uh, something that uh, William posted here. And uh, he said, optimism and positivity can be learned if we choose to learn them. And I 100% agree. I used to be the chiefest of warriors. You know, I worried constantly, anxiety constantly, stress constantly. It was horrible and um, I couldn't help it. It felt like it was out of my control. Uh, and then I made the discovery of what uh, William just said here, that you, we can learn to be different. We can learn to respond differently in situations. And uh, it took a lot of time and focused effort and work. But now, like stress and anxiety are not a part of my life at all it just doesn't exist and i'm grateful for that um frustration is sometimes just because you know we're not islands unto ourselves and we're around other human beings um and technology doesn't always work the way it's proposed i guess but um but i don't worry i don't stress and i don't um I don't give in to anxiety. I don't even feel anxiety, um, which is why a lot of people find being around me very calming and soothing and whatever. Um, I've actively worked on that for years, and I'd love to say that I've arrived, but I haven't. I mean, it's a constant state, but it really is a choice um, that we can choose to be better human beings, if, <laughs> for lack of a better way of saying it. Um, so... Uh, thank you all again for um, all your comments, your feedback, and uh, I really loved it. And 
you know, there's so much good stuff that I haven't even had a chance to read yet, but we have to wrap this up. I have another appointment. Uh, so thank you all very much for joining me. Um, I think we're probably going to have a special guest next week. Um, I, I'll still be here, of course, but um, I may be interviewing someone next week. I just haven't gotten final feedback uh, from them yet. So I'll let you know in the Facebook group uh, what that'll look like. Um, and uh, the replay on SoundCloud and iTunes should be up sometime later today or tomorrow. Okay, so thank you all very much. We'll definitely talk again soon.